We're back, and you are with Villain Cast BJJ Antiheroes with myself, Chris the Villain Pains. Weekly podcasts featuring either my fellow black belt Naki Arshad on our show Reap the Week or compelling interviews with other personalities across Jiu Jitsu. But before we jump into this next show, a thank you to our Patreon subscribers. If you'd like to see these episodes one day early, along with exclusive video content and online coaching, you can find out more via chrispainsbjj.com. Or join our Discord channel to put your ideas through for future episode discussions. But for now, though, Josh McKinney, I suck at jujitsu show himself. It's a dual <laughs> podcast, except it's only appearing on mine. How you been, man? It's been, uh, it's been about four or five months. It has, yeah. It's been a little bit. Uh, I'm doing good. I like how you introduced jujitsu personality. I think that that is exactly what I I provide when I I come on a podcast. I don't know if coach or podcaster or competitor really fits it. Jujitsu personality, anti-hero. These these words are working for me, Chris. I like how you just dropped all those things in there, like uh, yeah, just competitor, coach, you know, online personality, Everything, right? Like, yeah. Dude, I'm gonna, Cross I'm gonna have to like change up my one, intro right? just for like. <laughs> I'm gonna have to change up the end, the the episode intros just for you, just like you know, he's a uh, now world renowned competitor for what you did, uh, but we'll come to that anyway. Um, so yeah, a lot has changed, man. You've uh, you've you're now doing a lot with uh, BJJ mental models. Um, how's that working out for you? Man, I've been doing reviews with them for a few months now. Uh, I was on the podcast with Steve. We talked about designated winner and it was, I really, it was a cool connection, but I didn't really know what was going to come of it. And then he just reached out to me one day and he's like, Hey, we, we do this. Um, you know, we have this review team and I look at the list of the people that are on the review team, Chris, and it's a lot better names than Josh. And he's like, but yeah, we have this, you know, we would love if we could get you on. And I was like, oh, okay. They add me to this, like, this, this Instagram, um, like, chat with all these really high level coaches. And then they threw Josh McKinney on it. And they're like, oh, yeah, Josh. And people are like, oh, Josh. Yeah, Josh seems cool. I like him. Like, you guys don't know me. I, we know that, we know that you guys are all up here and I have a podcast. I'm down here, you know, like, uh, but for whatever reason, they invited me in and I've gotten to start doing reviews. And that really is something that I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at is explaining what's happening during a round or explaining what's happening, uh, in a match. And that's what most of the review is, is explaining this is what should be happening this would be the ideal situations this is when you did it um and then kind of i don't know just uh uh adding adding some thoughts to those things and being helpful in those things and that's something i'm pretty good at and so i've really been enjoying uh doing these match reviews and just being part of that high level team it's been a really cool experience eventually i'll get fired you know eventually i'll say something ignorant in one of the reviews and they'll be like hey josh that's racist you can't say that but until then, <laughs> it's been a blast. Dude, I thought, because uh, I had a, a podcast with Steve probably about two or three months ago, and we had a chat afterwards, and I thought I'd say some shit um, during, like, you know, just chatting to him. That would be like, oh, no, Chris is never coming on again. But he was like, oh, no, this is, this is a brilliant idea. We, we will do this. Um, but I, I don't want to ruin the surprise uh, on here, but it's... Like next year, if we pull this off, it's going to be hilarious. So I think you'll be fine. If if we're allowed to do this, you're allowed to do what the fuck you want. Um, okay. 
I'm I'm uh, still I'll, in. I'll, I'll I'll tell you afterwards because it's really funny. Um, okay, I'll leave it there. Just so anyone listening to this, uh, like the five people that that download this and listen to it, uh, <laughs> check out the 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 next BJJ mental models. Uh, I do. Uh, it, it's going to be pretty funny. Um, but speaking of BJJ mental models, uh, I've been quite lucky now. I've had Greg Sodas on here, uh, Rob Cole, Robbie Anaki, um, all really intelligent guys. They do appear on mental models. Ha- it's it's already blown my mind. The the level of coaching that they are capable of it's already changed (laughs) how i approach coaching myself being around that crowd now being involved in that ecosystem have you noticed any change in what you're doing in the gym i to be totally honest no and the reason is because (laughs) i listen i listen to all those guys podcast you know like every episode like the people that you named you know i've listened to all your episodes uh that is for me i'm always changing what's going on in my gym but i haven't actually gotten to take advantage of having a little closer um you know or being a little closer to these people yet uh it's still pretty new to me and i've just been busy uh competing a lot and it's just i'm finally getting to this point where i can start to focus on the podcast again and uh, just focus on doing podcasts again and so uh you know, I'm excited to explore that, but I really haven't yet. I'm sure once I, you know, specifically like uh, Greg Souders, I your episode with him was maybe one of my favorite jujitsu learning episodes um, because you and I think a lot alike, right? So it felt yeah. like it felt like the English version of me was talking with him before I have gotten to talk with him, and so I was hearing the questions you were asking, and I was thinking a lot of those same things, but then it was also kind of prepping me to go man, when I get this guy on my podcast, I want to dig a little deeper into these thoughts. You know, these are what's interesting Mm -hmm. to me. And so eventually, I think I will get to ask those questions to those high-level guys, Um, but I just haven't reached out yet. I want to be in a spot where I have time to really dedicate to it and really make them good interviews. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Honestly, like, you know, you say like, you know, I remember we had that chat when I was was over at yours, um, and we talked about designated winner and it sounds very much like, you know, what Greg was describing, what Rob describes uh, and what I'd kind of been doing anyway. Like we always kind of circle around the same ideas of like constraint mm-hmm. learning, etc. Um And so you can see why you got put onto mental models. Uh, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, like you said, I'm like, you know, uh, you're my uh, uh, brother from another mother uh, as it were. And, <laughs> I felt like a goddamn monkey talking to Greg Sodas. Uh, it felt like like a Rogan podcast where he's got like a high level scientist on, and he's trying to like hang with the scientist, like yeah, yeah, I understand. But inside his brain's melting, and he's just like trying to like clump it back together again during the podcast. Like mm-hmm. that's how I felt uh, talking I, to Greg. Like I assumed because I was letting you take the hit first. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah, Chris, this will be perfect. This will be perfect. Chris, jump on this episode first, man. This is the interview, man. And so, yeah, I was listening going, Oof, this guy has. But what, what's interesting is just like you said, when he explains something, I'm somebody who knows your concepts and have talked to you about your concepts a lot, right? And so I know when he is saying something and saying, oh, yeah, this is how we train this or this is how we think about this. And he's talking about, 
you know, um, center mask or, or something like that. And you're talking about inside control and you're meaning, you know, the same thought, the same ideas, and you just express them differently. And it was really cool for me because that is, uh, to think that everybody is going to understand jujitsu the way Josh McKinney explains it is crazy. But the way that Chris explains it is different. It is the same idea of grappling, but it's like, you explain it to a different, you know, there's way more English in yours than mine. Right. And so there's, <laughs> you're able to, you know, you're going to be able to communicate it to a different type of person. Um, but I just think that like, and you look at Greg the same way, he's going to be able to communicate it to, um, you know, people that aren't stupid, like, huh? you know, he's going to be able to communicate it to, when you just see how thoughtful and how intelligent and well-spoken those are things that you and I go, yeah, we need to add that and, and do that. But it's also not who you and I are, right? And so no. we're like just explaining jujitsu the way we like to explain it because it's for, you know, the simple humans of Granite City and Stafford. Uh, you know, it's a good way to understand it, you know? I think there was actually a meme on the uh, the Mental Models Discord that I was shown, which was like it was a it was side by side of, of Dan Hurt and I. And at one point, it's like Dan Hurst saying, you know, you must affect this man's Kazushi. And the other side just says to me, like, fuck with his balance. And I'm just like, yeah, same shit. Like, right? One you'll get, one you won't. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much where we fit in. Like, we, we, uh, we translate for these people who have mm-hmm. these fantastic ideas and understand what the fuck they're talking about. And we're like, yeah, yeah, just he just means fuck of their balance. Like, it's cool. Like, oh, okay, I get it now. Um, we speak idiot, in other words. Uh-huh. But when you come across an actual genius, you do feel a bit silly. Um, going back to what you said about uh, your team then, um, I know I'm jumping around a little bit. I'm just so excited to speak to you, man. Uh, you have been competing a lot, and your team huh? does well. Um, huh? So one thing I want to get into is, like, it's especially because you, know, you do really well, like you have such a, a fantastic... Uh, competitive career already um so you recently hit a bit of renown like i said for uh beating uh, aj gazam uh was it the nashville open it was the nashville open yeah dude that's how much i care i didn't even research that it wasn't like i went <laughs> online beforehand i was like oh no i need to look up what did josh actually win like no man that's that's in here like that's how <laughs> like, Chris, it's because you're my only fan besides my dad <laughs> it's because you're it's because you're the only guy who wanted me to win besides my dad and my jiu-jitsu students you know yeah. no wonder I, like, I love it so much when it comes to spend like time with your dad like yeah you're, that's you're, what i'm saying you guys are like what we just you're do the when fan we get together. club <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah the uh the win with aj and like, that's a lot of pressure man and so Again, like you know, I don't really get a chance to speak to to people who compete as, as, as to a high a level that you do. Um, so, the most obvious question is: How don't you shit yourself? How don't you panic, like outright? How like what what did you? What conclusions did you have to come to to get over those nerves from your beginning career? Man, I have dealt with those nerves in waves of my jiu-jitsu because I've competed all all the way up to black belt. I've competed at every belt and I've competed a lot at every belt. But 
it's almost like at black belt the nerves reset they were worse and they were more noticeable than at white belt um because i knew how much jujitsu i had access to in the gym and i didn't have that same access to the jujitsu um in the you know in the tournament it was like i had i had tournament day josh and he was not near as good he wasn't near as creative um he was a bit robotic with stuff he was really he was out there trying to do moves and um and they were moves that may have been available and may have not been available but uh there are a lot of different shifts i've made in the last two or three years of really really i mean really since you and i met uh, of really just digging in with as many coaches as I could and asking their opinions. And something I like to do is ask like, you know, cause I've noticed that for years, what you were saying about, um, Greg Souders and, um, all these other coaches is that we all kind of think similar things, but we explain them differently. And so what I've always found useful is you ask as many high level coaches as you can, how do you deal with competition there? And you get a million different answers. But one of the biggest and best answer that I really got was that you be present. And so for me, any more I like, um, this is like a physical thing. This isn't a mindset. Um, but I like to do uh, like three sets of Wim Hof breathing two hours before I compete. Okay. This is just something okay. that I like to do. It works pretty well for me. Um, and I notice it helps with nerves. And it helps. I don't deal with that lung blowout um, when I do this. You get body tingles when you do it. It's very interesting, but uh, it's really, really helpful. But something that I would do is I would do those breathing exercises. But when I would do them, I would try to be like visualizing being on the mat and being in the match. And that wasn't being present. And the times that I would do that, it was like, I don't know. I just, I was so focused on either, oh, my weight cut didn't go good or my diet didn't go good. And I was focused on the past or um, I wasn't performing because I was like, well, what if I lose? What if this happens? What if that happens? And it wasn't anything in the moment. And, you know, when you really try to think conceptually, you cannot think conceptually in the past or in the or in the future. You have to do it in the moment, right? It has to be yeah. done each time in the moment. And that's why it feels so new each time. And so I just noticed, like, during my breathing exercises, I tried to enjoy that I was in my breathing exercises because this was a moment that I was going to get to experience at this time that no one else gets to experience. I'm getting the opportunity to fight these high level black belts today. You know, most I've dreamed about this since I was a little kid and I just think I just enjoy those breaths. I enjoy that panic. I enjoy those tingles. Then I enjoy my warm up. and it sometimes because I was making middle all year and sometimes I would go on terrible binge eat. Uh, I would have to cut, way too much weight the day of uh, i think i had to cut three pounds the morning of for nashville and oh, in that shit. time it sucked right it's no fun but just changing my mindset and being like hey nobody in this building gets to cut three pounds to fight aj later you know that wasn't who was on my yeah. mind but nobody gets to to do this and compete with this and so just enjoying it and then when it was time to compete my mindset was I focused on my first exchange, my first grip fight, and my jujitsu is going to be there. And trusting that in that moment, when the moment starts, when the, the match actually starts, that my jujitsu is good and that it's going to be there and I can just be present. No amount of like thinking about what's going to happen on the match, 
four or five or 10 minutes or 10 days before changes anything. It's just what I think during that moment and trusting that my jujitsu is going to be there. That's been the biggest shift that I've made and that I've noticed is like all those other things, the breathing exercises, the um, the sprints, the 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 warm-ups, the, all those things really just are to try to get you in the routine of doing jujitsu, just in the present moment and, and doing it, right? Some of the mindset stuff we've talked about, about writing stuff down on a piece of paper, like they just get you in the moment of doing jujitsu. Yeah. So I think it's a matter of finding what gets you present. But for me, it's it's certain music, it's certain things, it's certain exercises that help me get there. And then it's just grappling. Which I think I've said this on, on previous podcasts. Yeah, I know I have. Um, why I uh, was curious, uh, you know, because there's not a lot of money in jiu-jitsu. It hasn't attracted smart coaches up until very recently. Um, so I looked into NFL coaches because there's a lot of money in that. And so I mm-hmm. assumed it would attract smart people. And one thing that, you know, that kept on cropping up when I looked at their uh, coaching advice was this idea that, you know, you you panic and you have anxiety because you're trying to control the uncontrollable. And that's what I mean. Like, you know, you said there, like, if you're thinking about what's going to happen in the fight, what you're going to do, you're trying to control shit that's out of your control. And that is going to mm-hmm. make you panic. Um, and so it's funny that you, like you say, you know, one of the things that they say is take things back under your control at that point in time. Like say I'm going to have some water, for example. I am going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you're there saying I am going to do these exercises. I am going to make that initial grip, and my jujitsu will come. Mm-hmm. And I do the the same pretty much with my, you know, I I write it down. I say I'm going to grip fight. I am going to all positive action things that you know. It's my me imposing my will, not imagining what the other person is going to do, which is how we we roll anyway. Um, and oddly enough, that's actually how recently I've I've kind of clicked with um, like coaching it in the gym. Um, in the I've worked backwards from competition now to best way of describing it is hitting a, a level of continuity between drilling, sparring, and, and competition. So like how I'd want people to be in competition, like fighting to be on top always maintaining positional dominance i want them to do inspiring and if we're doing inspiring it has to be the same in class so there is that instant recall in the fight i don't have to go oh do this move i can just go recall bring her back into that moment again i see them start to panic and just go no recall this and like everything they've ever done brings them straight back into that time like say like you know you uh you said just about um being in the present and making sure that your your training reflects that because um, everything you do is leading up to that point. So there's no reason why your rolling should be different. Mm-hmm. It's um, It was interesting, actually. It was, uh, the, one of the, the, I said on the, the previous podcast with uh, Rob Cole is one of the analogies I've been using recently is, and you will uh, know it soon enough, uh, is playing football with my nine-year-old son, for example. Say if he is in uh, goal and I'm kicking the, um, you know, kicking the ball towards the goal. You know, I can either blast it past his his frail little boy body and obliterate him. Uh, I can trick shot over his head and just, you know, deny him outright. 
I could kick it sideways, like nowhere near the goal. Fuck him, I'm going to kick it into the corners, <laughs> like, you know, in the far end of the field. I mean soccer, by the way. For anyone listening who isn't English, soccer. Um, but those aren't useful for him. Um, and they're not going to make me better. But if I kick it at him at the right pace for him to either deal with or not deal with, then over time he'll improve and I'll improve. But I'm doing the right thing. I'm choosing the right thing to do for competition. Because like, if this was a football match, I'd still be kicking it at the goal. I wouldn't be kicking it sideways. I wouldn't be, um, you know, I hope you'd be blasting it through. But I'm doing the right thing all the time. And that's how it feels sometimes in rolling, is that we can choose to do the wrong thing just because we like to fuck with people. Yeah, that isn't going <clears> to <throat> help us when we get to competition. It's like there should be that continuity. Like change the nuance, absolutely. You know, adjust your level depending on who you're with. Don't blast it through nine-year-olds. Um, but it should be correct. It shouldn't just be different on the... To, to think that you can roll and train different to how you want to be on competition day and you're just going to magically make it happen makes no sense. So this is actually how I've been. I totally agree because this is how I've been trying to push it with my students. I've been maybe trying to push it as like, hey, you guys do this for yourself because this is what's been working for me in training. Um at least from round starting from the feet, black belt adult competition, it's been really hard on my body. It's been really hard yeah. to physically be able to um, to be able to to go every time, right? And so more of that's really where this idea of present thinking and stuff came from, because it's more about sometimes I'm going to be competing with not having trained for two weeks because I've been injured yeah. and I still want to try to win this tournament, and it's this matter of can I command the jujitsu to be there, right? And so something that I've been doing as practice is I will do one performance day a week, kind of how in like the NFL, they play one game, right? And you'll play a scrimmage game on that same day just so you can get that checkbox of this is a very important one and done game. We need to win this, right? So I'll come yeah. in on a, a day and I actually go to one of my friend's gyms uh, I don't even do it at my gym because it gives me the anxiety of travel too. Um, but yeah. then I listen to my music. I like to listen to do all the things I like to do before I compete. And I only have to do it one day a week. And then all my other days of training turn into me going, man, on performance day, I couldn't get out of people's this guard. I was just stuck there. And so then all week yeah. I will train hard. But it's not the same training hard from the feet. It's like train hard from knee shield where I sucked at passing this week. And I can start mm. to get some more reps, talk through it, get some more understanding of it. Why is this not working? Why? Oh, I'm not flattening this guy ever. I've got to get better at flattening guys. Accomplish that task. Then I go into performance day the next week and try to flatten everybody. And it's just been making it so much easier for me to always have something to be working on. Because, mm -hmm. like, performance day, all I'm trying to do is win. I'm not there to be friendly. I'm just getting really tough rounds, taking a break even in between rounds like you get to at a tournament, and then, you know, go hard and try to win those rounds. And so I'm I'm cheating, you know. I'm using strategy. We're <laughs> bumping into the wall like, hey, bro, out of bounds. We got to reset. I know you almost had that tweet, <laughs> but we, we got to reset, homie. We got to reset, purple belt. Um, and so... You know, just like 
really going in with the goal of of winning has allowed me to actually pressure test my jujitsu way more than I used to because it used to just be the only time I would realize that something bad was happening was when I would lose in a tournament. And I'm like, I always win in the gym. This always works for me in the gym. I can always make it happen there. And so getting that like, well, on Fridays, you perform, you know, on Saturdays, you perform. But then when I go to a tournament and it's time to perform, well, I do this every Saturday, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, for, for anyone who hasn't followed Josh in the past, he's uh, from a little town, probably one of my favorite places on earth, <laughs> Granite City, Illinois. Um, and that is as messed up as a joke as that may come across. That is entirely legitimate. Anyone ever asked me like where are the favorite places I've ever visited? Granite City, <laughs> by far. And I remember when uh, when when Charles and I, Charles Harriet came over and uh, you know I even said to him, you know, I think in the car journey, like you, you have no idea how much I love this place. And he even agreed afterwards, like yeah, it's really charming. I was like, you see it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm genuinely jealous I'm not there right now. Uh, anyway, um, you're out in Granite City, Illinois, which I imagine most people who are even in Illinois won't know where Granite City is. I, to be fair, yeah, when I was in true. Illinois, <laughs> I think I was in uh, Chicago or that kind of like or Peoria or where it is, and I was like, oh, I've been in Granite City, and people were like, where? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's down <laughs> south. Um, yeah, very south. Oh, okay. Um so you're over in Granite City, Illinois, a uh, place where I don't think there's even map markings that say that you're there. How have you managed <laughs> it's, to It's on the, the map, trip? but it's in parentheses. <laughs> yeah, it's like, maybe? <laughs> um, maybe there's something here? Who knows? Uh, we haven't been to check. Um, no one has. So you're in this middle of nowhere place. How have you built up the training in your gym? that's allowed you to compete to this level? Man, some of it is just being really lucky. Some of it you just, I just cannot, I, I mean, like, um, the fact that I've had stuff like people, a lot of people know who John Thomas is now, right? And, like, a lot of people know him as this very highly respected coach. I've known him since he was a blue belt and he was redheaded John because we grew up in the same, like, area. And so there were times I got to train for really long periods with him there's just always been these times and these relationships that I've been able to build. And so that was something that helped me really have a broad understanding of jujitsu. And then something about, you know, it's kind of what is fun about Granite City is also what is not desirable about, uh, desirable about Granite City, and it's the people. And there is this, this toughness and this grittiness to the human beings that grow up in Granite City. And um, and just the, the Southern Illinois area, just the area that I'm in, um, you know, like Daisy Fresh is about an hour and a half away from us. And something Heath Pedigo always talks about is like how tough just it is to live in these areas. You know, like <laughs> yeah. there's really not a lot of work. There's not a lot of things to do. The weather is terrible. There's no reason to be there. And, um, but there are groups of human beings that are just there. And I think that you get a bunch of people that are just dedicated and there's not much going on and they go, wait, we could, we can compete all around the country. We can compete all around the world. Um, uh, we could be good at this. Like, 
okay, we'll, we'll dedicate everything to this. And then there's also just a really strong wrestling base in the town. Um, I recently went to Florida and I was training at a place and then it always what happens like nobody knows who I am. And then, you know, I'm going with a bunch of blue belts and thrashing them, you know, in Nogi and they're like, who is this freaking guy? And so like, where are you from? Like, Oh, I have a gym in I like Granite city, Illinois. And this guy looked over at me and he goes, did you say Granite city? And I go, yeah. He goes, man, I did some work there for a while because that's a different place. I'm like, yeah, man. And so as I'm leaving, I hear the guy say to the other people, yeah, Granite City is pretty much the Dagestan of Illinois. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, I don't, I'm going to leave. Okay. I don't even know how to respond to that, but there's just this strong wrestling base. And those things just have all kind of culminated to having a really, really tough room that you just get to get good training in, man. And for me, it's like, I finally, I got to a point where I'm like, this room is by far strong enough to to help me train and, and, and fight against anybody. Yeah. Oh, oh, completely. Like, uh, it does. I, I was sitting there just clicking then like, I'm pretty sure, isn't that like a Pokemon town? I'm going to have to check. I'm pretty sure maybe the second, that's where Brock is from. But it's a rock hard gym. And I thought, yeah, it's, I'm surprised <laughs> if that's the case, if, Granite City, I will check my my Game Boy behind me. I have a cartridge of Pokemon Red. I will check afterwards. And if it is, like, you have missed a trick with, like, naming your gym. Like, you, you should just be the the Brock of the area that people have to, like, call through and beat. Um, Man, was it Granite? Was it Granite City? I know. It, dude, it might be. I don't know. I know I've played Red hundreds of hours yeah but uh yeah i don't know for sure dude i i don't i it may take me like five minutes to load up so i'm not gonna do it now (laughs) i start playing through pokemon red again like i'll find out for us in this podcast Um, there's gonna be a bunch of you going (laughs) and trying to blow out all the cartridges so they work dude i i need like you know like a rogan has a jamie like i need a jamie right now to like you know, Jamie, find out like is is was it Granite City? Um, I'm gonna have to look it up at some point. It's gonna it's gonna bug me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So next time I get I get you on a topic and you start like going, you may just see me just like quickly check because uh, my my impatience won't allow it. Um, I get that. But yeah, I, I, it's understandable because like yeah, I'd say like Northern England is is the Dagestan of England. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was a lot of mining towns, and it, is, it just made tough people who had nothing else to do. Iceland is another one of those places. Uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the I still I think you need to do one of these globetrotter camps. I think Iceland. I think you'll have a great time there. Um, again, like you think, six months of the year they don't have sunlight. What are they going to do? They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna live in a gym, eat shark, and and get good at jujitsu, and they're all. Genetic freaks, they're all massive. Um they're all like, you know, six foot five and blonde with giant ass muscles and all they do for, for all year is lift because it's cold as fuck. Um and I yeah, I, I'd say it was, it felt very similar to, to rolling at your gym and rolling in Iceland. Um <laughs> or like northern UK where it's just miserable and depressing all the time. But granite's uh-huh. nice, you had fireflies. It's the first time I'd seen them. Um, <laughs> those those weren't um, fireflies, Chris. I need to tell you, 
those were those were genetically altered regular flies from the mill. You know, those were those, those weren't real like, fireflies. <laughs> all those ate all the real fireflies. You know, I like, oh, yeah, I've heard you guys have Monsanto and stuff like those those uh, those crop spreading. Like it's going to end up mm-hmm. weird. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one thing. Like you know, it has kind of it made me watch what you did with your team a lot closer when you know there's, there's that realization that how well you do um is always down to the you know especially when we're in secluded areas and we don't have big jiu-jitsu teams like you know if you're in if you're in south or central florida you have so much jiu-jitsu around you you have you know top team you have um black zillions you have all these massive gyms around you like you have such a wealth of talent to call upon if you're in the new york area like you have so or, or San Diego or anything like that. It's like, yeah, of course. Well, obviously, you're going to get good jujitsu in those areas. But when you're in the middle of butt fuck nowhere, and how do you make good jujitsu? How do you how do you stare at a student like in the eyes and go, I know it's it's kind of going against us right now, but don't worry, I've got a plan. Um, that's how I've had to like internalize and try and pay attention to what you do, and also. To, to Danaher to an extent, you know, as, as much as he waffles like a maniac, um, you know, the, the guy has good ideas. Um, and it is a case of, you know, you're only as good as the team you have. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's one of the things I, I, I'm, I'm just bashing every goddamn session is like, we are, you know, you if you try and do this just for yourself and just try and run ahead, you won't get far because the team is what's going to make you. If you haven't got good training day in, day out, how can you expect to perform good when you're needed? Um, and so build the team first and foremost, like give your all to the team and it will pay you back. And it sounds like, you know, cause you have been in this situation of you're in granite. Um, you've made this, you know, you had this wealth of jujitsu available to you, like, you know, from John Thomas and the people you've had in the air, like, you know, that's like Daisy fresh, You've had good training around you. So how do you implant that into your gym? Make up these incredible athletes in this place that it shouldn't really exist. Um, and yeah, like you know, you 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 know, rising tide raises all ships. Um, mm-hmm. And it does, you know. Again, like you know, going into your gym, it's one of the, the friendliest gyms I've been to. Like uh, Johnny Buck is another one who you go into his gym in in Asheville, North Carolina. One of the friendliest gyms in the world. Again rough ass place like click clack kind of like area uh-huh. <laughs> um but again like you know the 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 gym mentality and i think as a coach especially you know you 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 run that team um you create the environment and it still makes me sad when i see posts online of people getting upset when they get bashed up by you know like a higher belt like you know um, these purple belts just keep kicking my ass and stuff like that it's like what are they trying to prove by kicking your ass? Like, you know, they should be building you up because if they build you up, mm-hmm. it builds themselves up. Um, but I think that that can easily be done where if you create that environment where everyone is just like, well, how do I improve? Fuck everyone else. Uh, mm-hmm. If I, um, you know, the amount of times I hear, you know, I used to hear from, from various places like, oh, I'm, you know, don't release this information just yet because it's going to give me a head start in my gym. I'm like, Why? Why is, mm-hmm. 
why is that important? And Rob Bernacki said it really well in one of the uh, podcasts the other week of, for most people, um, their competition is the gym. Like They don't compete, mm-hmm. uh, but the only place they get competition is in the gym, so they're always competing against the people around them. And you think, you're never, that's your limiting factor now. You're never going to be able to improve past the people around you. If you hold them down, same as that analogy of my son, like if I just trick shot this ball over your head repeatedly, you're never going to get better, which means I'm never going to get better in the future. We've we've mm-hmm. self-limited. Um, and it is one of those things that I kind of clicked going into your gym, like the team mentality, the understanding that we ain't going to do this alone. Like we can't, it is up to all of us. Like that was, same with Dan referring to the squad, the team, like is, they're only all as good as the ones they have around them. Like if they didn't have all those good guys, would Gordon be where he is? Probably not. Like he needed those good partners day in day out. As simple as that. Um, I, I, and you've created. And I look at. Yeah, I agree, man. I see that with with so much. Yes, with with everybody. Um, just how important that is to to have the right group. Yeah, and it's it's the coach. Like it's uh, you know it's, anyone who gets kind of frustrated that that idea that. Um, you know, they haven't got the good training, like everyone's just kicking their ass and they never feel good about, you know, they're getting sad after training. Like, what the fuck? Why are you coming home sad? Uh, you mm-hmm. should feel like invigorated from jujitsu. Everyone should be like, it's a team for fuck's sake. Um, but the coach has to create that environment. Like, you you know, it's, it's from the top down. And um, if the coach can't create that environment, then it's, it's a limiting factor on the team. The coach could be fantastic, but if he's got the students killing each other and going for each other's necks, it's going to have a, have a high attrition rate. Like people ain't going to stay, and mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, you might have some individuals run ahead, but it, it limits it. And you know, all credit to you, sir. You know the the environment of granite, the uh, the toughness of granite. You hone that into a team that then, like I say, you know, you have managed to then take that training, which is your day to day training, and turn it into a world-class beating environment which is stunning i say you you should be a case study in good coaching and good team practice um but this is gonna say like a weird weird segue um you are probably the busiest man in jiu-jitsu that i know every time i talk to you i feel so ridiculously lazy um so like i say you you are a high level athlete I, uh, not to blow smoke up your ass um, but you do well at competition you do very well at competition uh, I highly recommend if anyone goes to look up uh, Josh McKinney versus AJ Gazarm see how legit this man is uh, you now like I say work with mental models doing their reviews and you have a podcast that's just broken what 200 episodes yep so like thousands yeah how 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 have you uh for anyone again i i have to you know this is for my personal benefit as much as anyone who could possibly listen to this how did you build this successful last podcast like what what like you are a very friendly person and that's obviously going to always help um but what advice would you give to anyone building a podcast man with a, I would say that 
just doing it, literally just being consistent is going to be the most important thing. But to understand what that actually means um, is there are certain things that you just have to do all the time, like how you reached out to me to, to schedule me for a podcast, right? You have to do it all the time and you have to either have a an assistant or a system that does it. And I don't have those things, um, but I just try to build habits in my in my routine. Like, for, for instance, I go to a lot of jujitsu competitions. I will go to a jujitsu competition and have conversations with everybody. I really don't have, um, you know, besides AJ, I don't really have any enemies in jujitsu. And so I don't really have, you know, there's no one that's ever like, you know, everyone's always cool. We always get to talk and then good conversations. A lot of times I'll go, Hey, I'm going to put this guy in the list and I'm going to ask this guy later. Right. Just, just a really simple habit that I've gotten into that lets me get more people on the schedule and stay consistent. But the truth is like, if you're just staying consistent, especially if you're willing to listen to your own episodes, because then you can kind of self correct and go, Oh, this doesn't make any sense. Or this sounds so douchey. You can't say that, you know, like, and you can correct that and fix it. And then you just get a bunch of reps. It's just like anything else, just like getting good at jujitsu. Like, yeah, we need understanding, but we also just like having that good team, we need good reps. And so on the podcast, you just get more and more interviews. You stay more and more consistent on it. I still don't. This is always funny for me to say, like, I don't monetize my podcast at all. I don't, I don't sell ad space or anything like that. I sell my own instructionals from my own website on my podcast. And that's basically it because for me, it's just been about, I want to build this into something before I start worrying about selling, it. you know, and before I start worrying about trying to get ad space oh, no. on it and all those things, you know? Oh, I think I've lost him. Josh, if you can hear me. I'm going to have hey, to edit I this. I can hear you now. That's like my worst nightmare. I'm now you're back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we, had a, uh, we had a moment there where you completely disappeared from the podcast. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to like edit. Oh, it's just work. Um, Kill me now, man. Yeah. <laughs> I built I think... this whole studio so I didn't have to edit. It's just done when it's done. Well, that's why I'm on Riverside. Uh, you know, shout out to Riverside, some of the best podcasting software there is. Because um, it obviously it, it uh, saves locally, then uploads afterwards. So I'm pretty sure it's going to look fine. But uh, mm -hmm. unfortunately, everyone else is going to hear what you just said. I did not hear what you just said. Um, so please uh, repeat the, the, yeah, the so, answer. Um, just the, the big thing with the podcast is just that consistency. So when I'm doing you know, when I'm looking at everything in my podcast, it is like, is this helping me be more consistent? Is the way of doing this helping me be more consistent? Because the theory is like, after five, six years of really being consistent on a podcast, how could you not have a big podcast if you're posting good content, especially if you're posting good, helpful jujitsu content? And um, then, you know, like trying to build a team around you is is going to be big with if you're trying to build a big podcast is like kind of what you have you have knacky you have somebody that makes it easy to do a an interview right so you have somebody that like anytime you start to go oh there's no you know there's nobody for an interview oh i'm gonna get an episode this week and i'll stay consistent right and so to me those things are 
those things are how you build a big podcast. Obviously, being able to, like for you specifically, being able to get big interviews because uh, you already are a member, you've been on every podcast, you're already a member of so many different places. And so you're able to get so many different, you know, big interviews. I think if you just stayed consistent on that, yours would be successful no matter what. I just think that that is, uh, you have good content. I, I listen to it and people think that my opinion on podcasts matters, you know? So I just think that that's kind of the, it's just a matter of staying consistent and having a system and a group of ideas and, and the right people around you that keep you consistent. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like one of the best bits of advice for anything, uh, especially (laughs) when it comes to uh, business, social media, and and internet content, is remaining in the conversation. And if you, if you, I mean, one of my my favorite, my favorite things to look at on a day to day basis is uh, so Preet, the uh, the the man who gave me my black belt, is the you know, he's a famously grumpy Estonian, very introverted fella. Yeah, he posts like eight Instagram stories a day. Like about anything. I'm like mm-hmm. how? Why? Mm-hmm. And then you realise that he stays in the conversation every single day. Um same as when it comes to a podcast, like, you know, people who, who care uh, about internet content. Um I mean I you know Again, not like it's it's hinted behind me. If anyone's watching this on the on the on the YouTube video for this, there are many retro consoles behind me. Like if there's a if there's a certain uh, gaming show on YouTube, and I know it comes out every Tuesday or Friday, I'm there every Friday watching it. Um, mm-hmm. and it's the exact same with with anything. Like you know, we are unfortunate creatures of habit, and if you have some good content and you want to stay in that conversation, if people know that your podcast comes out every Wednesday. It better be there every Wednesday, um, and yeah, I think that you, you, it's a really good point. Like, especially when it comes to a niche sport that we're in, uh, it helps to have. You know, it's hard to have that kind of uh, list of of um, people to talk to, uh, and if you're not mm-hmm. a friendly person, uh, and you're not reaching if you're out to a people, villain, and you're not, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you're you're absolutely correct. Like, you know, some of the is probably the easiest but hardest advice to kind of follow, uh, especially because it's you know I felt it quite a lot last year, which was just exhaustion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you when you're engaging with people all of the time, like not it's not a bad thing. I love talking to people, but after you know coming to America, doing the seminar tour uh, around with Charles, uh, the Fanatics DVD, and I was like, I'm burnt. I can't, especially after the Globetrotters camps. I was like, I'm, I need, I need some silence for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna just hide for a bit. Um, and th- that is the enemy of these things. Like just getting that kind of exhaustion going. I need to stop for a while because then you, it's so hard to come back into it. And then people are gone. Oh, it is. I, yeah, it's uh, so it's the thing is that I say you can liken that to jujitsu. I think the the. You know, if, if if I always say to people, if they get injured, keep coming to the gym, because you know I liken it to to you know, the, the the way I describe it, it's like imagine a a, a vase filled with water, uh, and it's got a stone in the bottom, 
a natural jujitsu time, you take your, the stone out. It doesn't just leave a hole there where the stone used to be. Like the water is <laughs> going to come fill in where the stone was, and that's your time. Like you take out your jujitsu one evening. It's not like there's just a hole where you just like stand still for like two hours. Like something's going to come in. It's going to take it and, mm-hmm. and putting that stone back in again. It's it's not going to fit the same way. Uh, maybe water's I, not a good example. Maybe sand. Um, <laughs> it's irritating. Gets everywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and you know, it's it's injury can cause that. You know, you get fucked up. You know, something hurts, and you go, oh, I'll go go for two or three weeks and he- in, heal up. Yeah, bye. Never see you again. Um, that's that's. I like that person. Never going to see them again. Shouldn't have injured them. Um, so what's next for Josh McKinney? I say you are the busiest man. You you not content with running a jujitsu business, gym, uh, and a great team, not and a, and being a, a fantastic coach. Not content with being a, a high level athlete competing at, at black belt it's, uh, so often around the US. Uh, not content with running a super consistent. Uh, successful podcast and now reviewing for mental models what else are you going to do where have you found this extra time um <laughs> well first i'm always content chris i just enjoy doing these things you know like i'm oh, a, I'm a I, I, like think about it dude i'm a nobody from granite city illinois and people care about my opinions on jujitsu and People enjoy watching me compete. And I get to just still compete. You know, I'm a grown man and I get to still play the sport that I played growing up. Uh, not many people get to do that. And there's just all these things that I get to do that not many people get to do. And so even though it is definitely exhausting at times, it's de- it's it's a blast. It's There's nothing that I would rather be doing than what I do. I kind of have a life built around being able to do what I enjoy so that I am always it's not like it's not like this extra desire to do all these things to me maybe it is uh it's just I have fun and I you know like what else am I going to do with my time this is jujitsu stuff's the only thing I'm good at man and so uh just just you know for me I think like next is just getting better at all these things you know being able to put out more consistent instructionals, being able to always have great interviews coming out on my podcast, um, you know, and just really, you know, being able to do that for right now, that is, that means trying to build the systems. So, because like you said, I'm busy. And so when I'm having to spend hours a day editing on podcast stuff, it's time I could have been spending doing something else. And so trying to build the system and build the team so I don't have to do those things as much. And I can just do the things I already do, but do them at a higher level. Um, you know, have more time with my my top athletes in the gym. Have you know the, those kind of things. And then all that being said, the next big thing, you know, and the reason for building all these things is because I have a baby on the way, and so that will be the next big thing. I'm sure that will consume some time. You know, well, I didn't want to say it. I, obviously, I knew. Uh, I didn't want to just like. <laughs> Because if you hadn't said it on yours, and you know, and, and I was like, "Oh, Josh is gonna have a bit," and when I said about you know, my nine-year-old son, like you're gonna one day find out. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. It's your news, but yes, I am 
so ridiculously excited for for you, for you and Emily, and uh, I hope that your son doesn't do jujitsu, and so you feel the burning pain that I feel. Because um, you think that you know, my son and daughter, like the life, the only life they've known is a jujitsu mat. From the moment they could stand, they would they're on mats, and they couldn't care less about jujitsu. And not for want of trying. Like, they've had geese and they've been in the gym. But, I mean, did your... I don't think... Did your dad coach you? Or was it... uh, Nah, we were starting together the whole time. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, is that I've tried to coach them. And any time a little bit of adversity just washes over them, they just want to cuddle you. And because you love them, apparently... Like you, you, you'd cuddle them. And you're like, get off! Like I'm teaching. Like oh, I love you though. Like, I, oh, I love you too. Um, and it all falls apart from there on out. So, I think, um, I think you need to give them to Kyle. I, I think you, you let him. You, you let can't. him train. You know what's funny is his his son does jujitsu at my gym. <laughs> he really does. He really does. I just swap. It's like it's almost like Game of Thronesian. Like you know, is the is the ward that has to live in like the other house for a bit is like a trade. Like, you have his That's son, he good... has yours, um, and then in That's like a good know, idea. In like fifteen years' time, you can hand them back as as trained warriors. Because <laughs> um, like you can't even like do it with your dad either. Because you know Steve McKinney, the uh, the legend black belt who. Who makes other black belt traveling jujitsu athletes drop to the floor and tap out from his <laughs> workouts? <laughs> Fucker! Like, I still, Man. I, I love your dad, but I can't forgive him for that moment. Of I, if I, I need to just plug this. Like your, the workouts your dad creates. Um, fifteen minutes. I thought I can survive fifteen minutes of this. This dude's workout, dude. I remember like being on the floor, like on all fours. Him saying, "Conquest, just do a push up." I'm like, I'm shaking. I can't. I physically can't move at this point. He's like, "Okay, right. You can just put your hand on my shoulder." I'm like, "Okay, right." And start tapping. I'm like, "Okay," and we're thinking it's like a new exercise. And he goes, "There you go. I made you tap." And I'm like, "You <laughs> dick. You dick." And I that I. I've got the video saved on my Instagram, and I think Charles starts laughing at that moment in time. Um, but yeah, you can't even like hand over your son's like you know be coached by your granddad because he's a lovely guy and like he can't be that imposing force that you need. Like yeah, you have to you have to get the junior you know, one of your other coaches to do it in the gym because you can't be involved. <laughs> I think that's the worst. That's thing. a good idea, like, man. You can't coach your own kids. I just figured, to be honest with my son, I just figured as long as I get him on steroids at a young age, that he'll do jiu-jitsu <laughs> eventually. You know? Like, he'll just... He'll just yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What age, uh, if you could choose, what age would you start him at jiu-jitsu? If I could choose? I mean, I guess you can, he's your son. I don't know. I don't want to start him too young in jiu-jitsu. I'm sure that dad and him will wrestle all the time, but that's just life, 
You know, you're always you no, got to yeah. wrestle your way through life, dude. You don't have to come to jujitsu class, but you got to grapple. You know, you've got to. Oh. oh, you want you want to stay up late for TV? Can you hold me down? You know, I, you want, no, no, you can't. Oh, you can't keep me flat with your your four years of experience of being on Earth and my you know twenty years of jujitsu experience. Go to bed. And so that's going to be, you know, he's going to need jujitsu for the life that he's going to have to live. So it's probably going to be best for him to go to class. But I honestly, I really feel like until even eight or nine, I don't even know if I would be, you know, stressed. No. No, oh, I think your sounds disappeared again. I think this the internet connection is a bit terrible. Uh, but it will appear on the main podcast. Um, yeah, I think it's it's. Can I hear you? Can you hear me? Has my sound died? I can. Oh, there you are. There you are. Was it your uh, your setup? I have no idea. I didn't. I didn't change anything. It said recording stopped, and now the recording has oh, resumed. Okay. Yeah, I, I said actual recording would be high quality. Strange. I don't know how. I think it's because <laughs> we both like. You live in Granite. I live in Stafford, and it's not really a hot spot for like good internet. Because why would it? Yeah. Um, and so it makes these things hard. Uh, They're like they don't even. That's have it's much easier in your studio, just recording on a camera and uploading it like verbatim. Um, oh yeah. With weirdly so actually like you know kids love rough rough housing like you know i've i've not i've kicked my son's ass but i haven't not in a violent way like i'm not i've I've not got a temper on me i've never raised my voice to my kids i'm a weird like i'm more of an eerie negotiator like no you know i see you're sad how can we uh adjust your feelings to uh to resolve this like why aren't you shouting because i don't do these things I still kicked his ass when it comes to wrestling around because you know oh, yeah. kids love rough roughhousing. Um, but weirdly, like I actually, um, so I go rock climbing, I go uh, bouldering, and there's one of the kids in there. He must be like, you know, he's not. He must be about eighteen or something. But I've heard rumors. The re- reason he's so good is because his parents, when they made his bed, they made a climbing wall up to his bed, and so from like the age of like two, if he wanted to go to bed, he had to go up a small climbing wall like get into his bed like a loft bed like bunk bed kind of thing um and if that is anywhere near true that is incredible like i i would create a similar kind of environment like they have to do like three baron bolos to like you know <laughs> unlock their sheets or something like if you can't invert for three minutes you can't sleep tonight <laughs> well like maybe like you know how you have like uh like geese like just like sleeve grips they've got to like pull themselves up on sleeve grips like climb into bed so they have like horrible sleeve like spider guard when they grow up man these are I, all ideas i'm liking like, these ideas man. i still like my idea of putting them on steroids better i think that's more essential than anything <laughs> else that you said for jiu-jitsu but i like the stuff you're saying too i remember actually when uh, i think it was one of the previous times um it might be when charles was with me when i was uh, over at yours and we were talking about being a high-level athlete and like guys in the gym uh, and you're saying anyone who wants to to be a high-level athlete it's like cool when you start on your steroids then and i think they were your <laughs> words and i was like i i think i am um naive <laughs> and then uh 
I think the whole thing with uh, Gordon that came out recently when uh, Nicky Rod said to him, like, you know, oh, you know, I'll get tested if you get tested. They're like, why? It's not illegal in jiu-jitsu. Like, why do I have to get tested? It's like, <sighs> he's right. He's an asshole, but he's right. I, um, dude, I, yeah. I see it when I compete. I always claim, and people don't believe me, but I still wholeheartedly believe when I compete, at least 90% of the guys that I grapple are on. Uh, and I just like, it is, it's, there is a different feel. There's a different, I mean, I'll go out to these matches that I'm cutting three pounds in the morning. I'm dieting for months and I come out to these matches and guys will be, they'll look twice as big as in the same division. We weigh the same and they will be huge. They'll have insane cardio. We'll fight. Someone will tell me after. Oh, you beat that guy. He's really tough, but he usually competes at lightweight. He usually competes 15 pounds lighter than he was today. And I'm like, wait, he was bigger than me at middleweight. That doesn't make sense. And that happens every term. It's unbelievable how much that happened. Um, and it's just like, that's a huge part of how the, how a lot of people treat the sport is like, it's not because they find ways to get reps. But the ways to get reps are just too hard on their body. And so then mm -hmm. they go, well, this will let me get more reps. And then they just get a bunch more reps, right? And those reps are usually live from the feet hard rounds. And um, most of them, I don't think, th there's no reason to innovate out of like, well, what if there was a way to protect our body? We didn't have to do this and get good. And I don't think that they, uh, I, I think that they're like, yeah, there is a way. We'll just get on steroids. And then we don't, we can protect our body and we're fine. And so I see the reason, I see why so many people are on, but it is also one of those things where you're like, man, I wonder how good I would be if, if there was actually testing. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not yeah. saying that all the guys that I probably lose to, to natural guys too, but I, I'm just saying, I, I just, there's just curiosity for me with that. No, completely. Um, it is like the the recovery on on those things is is phenomenal. It means you can just you can especially like I can see. So it was, I think it was a cowboy when he retired. He went on to TRT, uh -huh. and he said like, "Holy shit! I can see why this is banned because if you've got the especially at like an older age or like you've got those years on your body, like you've got all those years of experience." And then the body of someone who can like you know a twenty year old again, like that's just not fair. Like there has to be a trade off. You've either got mileage um, on your body, but you've got the experience, or you've got you know less mileage on your body, um, but you have athleticism and youth on your side. You can't ha you can't be given both. That's just not right. Like you got all these years of experience built up, and then no mileage on your body because you're on these re re recovery aids essentially mm -hmm. um which is essentially what they are like you, you your recovery is quicker you get to go out harder and train harder and come back recover faster and go do it again um chemically enhanced obviously uh and yeah it's uh it's like seeing how big he got and he you know i think he got fat head syndrome as well which uh, you can see that of with Connor currently, like uh -huh. how he's uh, skipping skipping Usada a uh -huh. little bit longer. Like, yeah, guy's got fat head syndrome. 
Like there's that's a that's a clear cut sign of sort. Like you don't normally build muscle on your head, yeah. <laughs> unless <laughs> unless there's something different going into you. My dad always joked that those guys, they're you know they were on, and then their jaw muscles just got so big from being on, you know, and chewing so much <laughs> that they just they get that fat face, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't help where that muscle goes, and if you, you know you're still eating, uh, which I assume you are, or breathing, like yeah, you're gonna get fat head syndrome. Um, like I have, I have seen like people before, and like you know they've suddenly stacked on muscle, and I've looked at them and gone, I would say like you've just been hitting the gym a lot, but you've got a fat head, and like, they're like, yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, fat head syndrome, I <laughs> can't dodge that one have you ever had a training partner have you ever felt like somebody get on not know seen it but felt it in in training for as in someone who's on um, like got on steroids like you you go with them before medically enhanced yeah and then all of a sudden one day you're like wait a second something's different and it wasn't technique has that ever happened to you yeah yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna name him. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm pre- pretty sure anyone like good friends of mine who listen to this are gonna like start. Like, if Naki's listening to this, like I hope Na- I'm gonna tell him to listen to this podcast. And like Naki, Nak, hey Nak, start laughing. Like, yeah, <laughs> I felt it's not Naki. Like Naki's Naki's own natural. Um, but yeah, we have uh, <laughs> we have felt an individual who all of a sudden like whoa you're you're a lot bigger than you used to be um (laughs) your head's fatter uh and you shouldn't be this powerful and training this hard this makes no sense um what are you on sir like nothing (laughs) okay yeah what are you talking about i'll I'll just stare at you until you admit um but yeah i say it's it's and I, you know, as, as a point to kind of almost finish on, because I know, you know, your evening is about to begin, mine is coming to an end. Um, it's a problem with our sport, is from top to bottom, it's fucked up and delegitimizing itself relentlessly. Uh, you know, we have, as proven by them, you know, almost like this is going to like pull everything together. You have the uh, the these new coaches coming through who are just talking sport for the first time. Like what athletes across legitimate sports have known for ages, we're now doing in jiu-jitsu, some of us, and we're like, oh, this is different. Like, yeah, because yeah, you're not training like a martial art anymore. We're, we're treating it like a sport. Oh, shit. Um, so yeah, the coaching still in the dark ages, still taught like a martial art. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. Rob Binaki said it really well. Is it was it Rob? Or it could have been Sodas. Sodas seems more bitter, so it might have been Sodas. Um, is that we uh, we've overmarketed jujitsu, like to try and sell the the martial art aspect of lower, smaller, weaker person can beat a bigger, stronger person if they have the right technique. Yeah, maybe, but. Still going to get your head kicked in, um, and you know it's part of the problem. We've, we've, we're still trying to sell it down the martial art route. Uh, then you have um, the fact that our biggest competition 
ish, like the 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 main branding uh, governing body of the IBJJF is what owned by Baja. It's how can you have? Um, it has to be an NGO, which then you know because we're not, and it's kept, it's going to be kept that way because we fight for a team, we don't fight for our country, mm-hmm. and which means we can never be an Olympic sport. We're always going to be this way. Um, and because of that, because it's all private organizations and not legit open governing bodies of amateur sport that are going to eventually, hopefully, one day be in the Olympics, there's no fucking drug testing. And so if there's no drug testing and no reasonable reason to not do it, fuck it. Take everything you can find. Let's, let's have a super sport. What I noticed doing jujitsu, man, is that this is just a theory. It's just a random, you know, it's just a random Granite City conspiracy theory. But the jiu-jitsu <laughs> training model was actually built around steroid use. The way right. that jiu-jitsu is un- not, the, not the three moves and then we roll light and gently, like sometimes in America is thought of as, as the training model. But the, the athlete training model that everyone follows in jiu-jitsu, live rounds from the feet every single day. You fight to the death every single day. Then you wake up the next day and you do it again. And that is not sustainable. It is just too hard. You do that in your gym. If you don't have steroid athletes, you will notice that the injuries in your gym just skyrocket. And that is because that model was built around human beings who were enhanced. And so, yes, that model worked to act like that model that they still follow at a lot of the biggest gyms in the world, which is do steroids, get hard reps with world champions, uh, that model works really well. But if you're in Granite City, how are you going to do it? How are you going to be able to get reps with world champions? Well, you can't. You have to think differently. We have to think differently. And so that's, I think, what a lot of people that are bringing in support to these things are they're saying, hey, this model, there's something wrong with the current model. And yet the current model is just not sustainable. You will get injured and you will not be able to compete at a high level if you're injured all the time. And so, oh, if you want to fix your injuries, just get on the sauce, man. And so I think that that is the reason that people aren't innovating. But my plan, I actually have a plan to fix it, Chris. Would you like to know my plan? Yes. You've sold me the second you said there's a Granite City plan. I'm going to win something big, Chris. I don't know what it's going to be. Who knows? I don't care if I'm wearing a gi, if I'm not wearing a gi. I'm going to win something big, and they're going to give me a microphone. And I'm going to say, I'm not on steroids. I never left my home gym. And to all you people that are on, your only answer to beat me is to do more steroids. And that's going to be where I leave it. And then I'll never compete again. Um, So that is, uh, yeah, that's my plan to fix it. (laughs) How old are you now? Are you 30? Or close to 30? 29, that was it. Can you smell that? That's Masters. That's Masters calling you now. (laughs) Where they're all on fucking TRT. You wait till you meet those big bastards. (laughs) Dude, you think think you're fighting tough fucks now? You wait. Black Belt Masters, just TRT. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. (laughs) I'd start now. Like, yeah, like, you know, steroids, steroids have passed you by. Like adult steroids, you know, you're 29 <laughs> years old. Um, 
Like time time for that masses TRT son. Like you have to hit that one hard. <laughs> but I wonder if it's like you know, like they'll talk about the first high of of somebody of a drug or something. Who like oh this I remember this first high. I wonder if you know since I haven't done steroids, if I did like one really big adult cycle, if I would get more than the guys that have done it for a long period of time. You know, I wonder if it would like you know raise me up. Big. so maybe i should go everything all at once to start you know right when i turn 30 yeah, exactly just one <laughs> season just one season thing this year 2024 i'm gonna win everything and i'm gonna be pumped to the fucking gills <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look like that liver motherfucker like just shri- i'm gonna look like a road map like my there's gonna be zero percent body fat i'm gonna look like a fucking road map of granite city i am um <laughs> <laughs> that, that's dude 2024 like go out on a high um, I like that <laughs> they can't beat you like that they'll never beat you um <laughs> dude I miss you I I, uh, I hopefully I can come out and, and play and I know that there's no way you are coming to Europe and leaving your your good lady and your son at home uh, so, I guess I've got to come to, back to Granite. Like, I mean, yes, I you do she'd... have to come back to Granite, but they could annoy me. You know, I could be like, Chris, I got to get out of here. I got to get to England. <laughs> flying, flying to the UK. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you come to the Europeans? You didn't. You said you may come Europeans, didn't you? Earlier on in the year, I, I had you, guys that even did it too, and I didn't come. I abandoned them. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't come because if I found out you came all this way and didn't visit, I we wouldn't be friends, man. I, I, I know I would. I, I would have visited. I promise. I, even like you know, if I because I started like the last trip in San Francisco, and like you know, I would I would have bailed out the plane at thirty thousand feet, <laughs> halo dropped down to Granite. If I thought there was a flyover chance, like no man, like I'm flying over Josh's. I'm <laughs> coming straight straight down to play. Um, but I, I I should be out before the end of the year, uh, and yeah, I I I miss you guys. I miss training at your gym. I miss uh, I'm getting pretty much on first names basis with so many people at your gym, uh, and I, I miss everyone. Uh, I can't wait to come play. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, but it's nice to actually being asked to go on a podcast. Like you know, you always do the it's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like you're always <laughs> asked, you know, asking people to go on. Like no, uh-huh. I want I want to hear Josh McKinney. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if uh, anyone who's who's made it this far, check out Josh. Check out all his work. He's uh, probably one of the busiest guys in jiu-jitsu, and now he's got a kid on the way, and he's just going to get even busier. So uh, check out his fights on YouTube. Check out his Instagram channel. Uh, check out the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu podcast on YouTube and all good podcasting platforms. Go listen to an episode straight after this one. Um, guy's amazing. Please, if you're ever, ever horrendously lost in the St. Louis area and you you end up passing over the border, go to Granite City. You will not be disappointed. You could be disappointed. <laughs> you could. <laughs> Dude. I, New York, Tampa, <laughs> fucking Tampa, San Francisco, Denver, Boston, nah, man. Granite City is where it's at. Every trip, like, nope, that's home. Like, out of, out of all the cities in America. Out of all the cities in America. 
when I get to your dad's house, and I'm just driving past, and I see like the, the house appear on the horizon, and like I know the bedrooms there waiting for me. I'm like, I'm so, and like your your dad's Folgers coffee in the morning. Like, I'm so happy. I I can't even describe <laughs> it, um, dude. I I love this, and I'll we'll have to make this. You know, I'll have reap the week with Naki, and I'll have the 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 I suck at being a villain show with you. Like we'll make this I love it. almost. I love it. <laughs> Take care, dude. Thank you for thank you for agreeing to this. Uh, good luck uh, in the next few months. Uh, I, I won't pester you around October. You may be a busy man. <laughs> thank you for having uh, me on, Chris. Th- pleasure, dude. Thank you for for giving me your time. <laughs>